So first of all, I understood yeah. that I don't want to carry stuff that does not serve me. And I think you don't really notice how many things you have in your life that doesn't that don't serve you. You're serving them. them, them. Yo, yo, yo. What up? Welcome to the Mindful and Ruthless Podcast, where you will learn the mindset, mindset strategies, and the tactics in order to develop a full-stack life. life. Hi everybody, my name is Sagi Schreiber. I'm a designer and entrepreneur and the host of this show. My guest today is a designer turned blogger and digital nomad. Originally from Lithuania but working in London, he launched Despreneur, a magazine for designer slash entrepreneurs. He co-wrote also a book on mobile design and co-founded a stock photo marketplace. So he has experience in launching all kinds of things. Then he noticed that his business does not necessarily need him to be in any specific geographical location. So he decided to become a digital nomad. That was a couple years ago. And basically decided to travel the world while working on his current projects. He launched uh, what he called Life Design, basically a brand that he blogs, writes in, and he has an awesome weekly newsletter. And he documents basically his journey and uh, his insights as a digital nomad. He documented his processes, his challenges, his, also his monthly income, and way more on his newsletter. Since then, he managed to travel to Budapest, Bucharest, Sofia, Dubai, Kuala Lumpur, Singapore, Bali, uh, Ho Chi Minh City, Bangkok, Los Angeles, Washington DC, New York, London, Copenhagen, just to name a few. In this interview, we talked about some thought-provoking insights, basically how he got from being a digital nomad uh, for the past couple of years to also wanting to maybe settle down a bit. We talked about his shifting mindset after living the digital nomad lifestyle for a long while about some of, his, some of his experiences, you know, including the Nomad Cruise, something that I <laughs> was very interested in. We also got into some super practical tips for researching flights and new destinations, which is relevant to all of us. So enjoy this inspiring and practical conversation. Ladies and gents, it's my pleasure to present to you Thomas Lorenavicius. Let's get mindful and ruthless. All right. Um, so yeah, Thomas, you and I known each other for, well, I, I think I've been following you for just a couple of years now. And we had a talk uh, just about two years ago, back when you were in Thailand. And that, that was the first thing it was like, hey, like, you know, let's get on a Skype and kind of like, just, you know, see how we can, you know, get to know each other and 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 maybe do something together uh, one day. And here we are now in this episode. So uh, thank you so much right. for agreeing to come on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for the invitation. And uh, yeah, it's been a long time. We should, we should do these uh, meetups more often, I think. Yeah, man, totally. I, I like, and you're living the, the digital nomad lifestyle. And um, I think it's like, it's, I think you're the first guest here on the show that is actually a, a, like a real digital nomad. And that's something that it's like, it's a complete whole, like, life that I think is worth getting into. Um, and, and basically, showing it to like just like sharing your experiences like with other people that because i know a lot of people are right now considering doing them like making the move and kind of like starting to travel the world even i have thoughts of taking my family and like going abroad for just like even a couple months because i can you know like so it's, it's something that's um really powerful and i think it's only with the recent technology changes that we can do this so um you've been doing it for a couple of years now how how's your experience so far yeah it's uh so 
the first time I ever I ever like embarked on this journey was like four years ago, 2014 in August. And at that time, uh, everything was completely different for me. Like at that time, I didn't actually know about this movement. I knew that people are traveling and working at the same time, but I, I was not really aware of the term digital nomad. And surprisingly, I didn't even know about the four-hour work week, which is kind of like a Bible of digital nomads. So, so when I discovered the whole movement uh, back in 2014, it was kind of just getting traction, kind of getting attention and PR, you know. And at that time, yeah. it was uh, completely different for me because at that time, I was just kind of bootstrapping, trying out different things and, and just seeing what works, what doesn't, what I like, what I don't like. And at the same time, I was really just looking what kind of a lifestyle I want to lead for the rest of my life. So so the first two, three years were kind of like uh, discovery years where I spent a lot of time jumping from one place to another. And in, in that time, I met a lot of uh, really cool people. I connected with, uh, with a lot of mentors. I learned lessons that I would never, ever be able to learn in formal education or books. Or, or any kind of things that people uh, that people you know acquire knowledge, and for me it was, I think last year like around around a year ago I started to feel like, I started to question like why am I doing this because, I started to feel like okay I I've been to probably forty countries at that time and and I felt like where should I go next and then. I felt like okay, I have absolutely no commitments, no ties to any country, to 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 any place whatsoever, and I can just be anywhere. And at that time, I was not really aware, but I was pleasing my ego, and I said, "Let's do fifty more countries and travel in Latin America, see what what it feels like to be in that place." And around January this year, I started to feel like yeah, traveling is not giving me anything that it used to give me. I, I don't enjoy it that much. And uh, I felt like I'm just doing it just for Instagram shots and just for having another tick on my bucket list, whatever, you know, just uh, just having another passport stamp. <laughs> so I started to feel like, yeah, I, I need to slow down. First of all, I need to I, I need to slow down. I started to feel like, okay, like all of these years of, 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 of discovering places and, and, uh, and really getting, getting to know people was, was really fun. But what I'm looking for right now is something deeper than the surface level. So, so I know probably, you know, 2,000, 3,000 people that I met personally uh, throughout, throughout my travels that I call friends. But these friends are just on the surface level. I, I don't know what they're doing for their jobs. Maybe I just had a beer with them at the bar or maybe we shared uh, coffee at the coffee shop when working together or, I don't know, a guy sat next to me on the, on the bus trip to Paris, for example. So, so I felt like, okay, I, I, I've had enough of this, uh, this, uh, these shallow relationships and I'm looking forward to actually commit finally in my life for something, commit and... Uh, <laughs> and dedicate my time to people that I feel are bringing uh, mutual joy and, and value to uh, to our lives. And for that, it's, of course, it's scary because then you need to cut off all the other people because if you really want to develop uh, good relationships with someone, whether it's business, whether it's your your spouse or, or your family, you really need to dedicate that time. And, and even though we have this technology, I think this technology is making us even more distant because... 
I feel like, you're, you know, I just made an update on my newsletter or my Facebook or my Instagram. And I just feel like, okay, that's, that's enough to inform my family or my closest friends uh, what I'm doing. But I didn't realize that yeah. all of the people, you know, they have different access to internet. They have different relationship with technology and, and not all of them see what's, what I think is, what is important for them to know about me. So, so I started to feel uh, early this year that, okay, first, first of all, I need to question why am I doing this? Because I feel like I got everything that I wanted in these discovery years. I know what I want. I know what I absolutely don't want in my life and my business and my relationships. And other thing is like, I need to slow down because uh, I'm just, I'm just running uh, from one place to another without thinking about it. And I just need to slow down. And then a funny story <laughs> happened that, <laughs> of course, there, there, there are always, you know, plans. And then uh, just a month before, before my travels, I, I met a girl in, in Chile, Colombian girl, and I didn't speak Spanish at that time. And I don't know for, for what reason I asked uh, her name and her Instagram. And then we started chatting and then I promised I'll be back. Uh, I flew back to Europe, uh, got on the Nomad cruise, met a lot of cool people. I uh, kept thinking about the girl and then got back to Chile. And right now we're traveling uh, together for the next probably half a year. So, so that's a funny story that, you know, like I uh, feel so tired. I feel I, I just want to slow down. And then I, I met a person that completely changed all my plans. Uh, all in all, I still want to settle down meaning I want to have a home base and spend probably six, six to 12 months in that home base and have short trips to neighboring countries or neighboring places or whatever, because I still feel that traveling is a, is a good way to open your mind and to learn new things and to just really expose yourself to all of this, you know, like uncomfortable world or all these differences that we have, all the, all the beauty that we have. Yeah. And with, uh, yeah. without seeing the differences, the different struggles of different people, uh, you cannot really appreciate how similar we are. Like, it doesn't matter. Like right now I'm talking with my girlfriend. She's, she's pure Latina, right? And we're talking about the drama yeah. in families. And, and I can relate absolutely with everything that she's saying, even though we're like, I don't know, like half, half the world apart and different continents uh, growing up in different cultures, different, different societies. But all the drama, all the human needs, all the insecurities, all the, all the desires are the same. So I think without traveling, you cannot really appreciate the differences and you cannot really uh, fall in love with the humani humanity as, as because we, we all are pretty much the, the, the same, you know, I mean, we're the same species, but like all of us, like individuals, individually, we're pretty much the same. And, and I saw you were just talking about the, the Pitch Anything, uh, brilliant book. And I think, you know, like all of these things, like combining education, like the formal education, even though it's like self-education in, in my case, books or podcasts, and then connecting it with like real life examples, it, it makes the whole difference and it, 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 it makes you appreciate life better. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's and, a and short summary of digital nomad yeah. lifestyle for me. Yeah, and thank you, thank you for, for being vulnerable and sharing that and sharing your, you know, your feelings about your, you know, your lifestyle. And, and I, I think it's a, it's beautiful that you kind of had that realization of kind of like, okay, so why am I doing this? You know, you stopped everything. And you're like, why am I doing this for Instagram? <laughs> you know, for, for, for getting more audience. Am I doing this just like, and, and let me ask you like the place you said you want to kind of like, you do want to settle down for a while or have a home base. Is that home base Bali? Because that's where you are right now. Right. Yeah. For, for a long time, 
the plan before before my girlfriend was okay i'm gonna spend uh six months in lithuania until it gets cold i go back to bali because uh i just met incredible people here and uh quality and uh and uh, quality of food of transportation of of nature of mm -hmm. things to do uh is incredible here and other place here in asia is thailand with, with with such an incredible value so for me it was like yeah i'm just gonna spend some time in lithuania when i feel sick of being in lithuania it's cool i'm just gonna go to asia because that's where I spent a, a lot of time, and that's where I feel like I, I felt like uh, I'm, I'm living a lifestyle that that's really good for me. And then when I when I read a book, <laughs> The Defining Decade by uh, I'm pretty sure it's Meg Jay, so I highly recommend it for absolutely every everyone who is in their 20s. Even though if you're in your in your 30s, you might be you might get a little depressed after reading the book, but you can still catch up uh, using all the <laughs> all the knowledge and research in the book. So some of the things where uh, that really opened my eyes is that most of the people think that their 20s are just for discovering things, you know, just for discovering yourself, your inner self, your purpose, whatever. But 20s is actually the most defining decade because you need to decide which direction you're going. So I, I, I'm not, yeah. not entirely, I don't entirely remember the, the example that she gave, but uh, imagine a trajectory, what is the word for like the, the direction of the flight yeah, from yeah, New York, yeah. from New York, let's say to Los Angeles. So at the very beginning, you are bound to Los Angeles. And at the very beginning, if you make a slight, slight uh, change, let's say to the right, you're going to end up in Canada possibly, right? Because that slight <laughs> yeah. change has a huge, huge impact in the long term. Yeah. Where if you are in, if you're flying and you're like 90% uh, uh, done with your flights and you change if you if you change your direction slightly you you might not end up very far from your original destination mm -hmm. so when she said that you know like when, when she gave that example it made me uh think about like yeah at the beginning yeah, like you're thinking yeah i'm just gonna spend you know my 20s partying and drinking and not taking care of my body and so on and then you're setting mm -hmm. on the you're setting yourself on the trajectory of self-destruction and a lot of problems, a lot of health problems in the long term. The same is with uh, with a professional career. So, so right now I was really unconsciously most of my career writing. You know, like it's it's nearly ten years that I was blogging and, and creating content and mostly text content. So, so I was I was really like not intentionally becoming a writer and and right now you know after 10 almost 10 years i can see that okay i have probably over thousand blog posts in my portfolio i work with with uh, huge brands like forbes and adobe adidas and others and mm -hmm. right now i have this advantage that other you know 30 year olds or 40 year olds don't have and i'm still in my 20s so just by thinking about okay if i start actually and dedicate myself to something in my 20s by the time when I'm supposed to enter, you know, the professional world, when I'm like, I already discovered myself, I already discovered my strengths, I entered the, the, the workforce. By, by the age of 30, you're pos you're, you, you're, your opportunities are endless. You, you can become a CEO, you can become a, a, an entrepreneur, a founding member, whatever. You can, you can go into a senior position where other 20-year-olds who are just, you know, like exploring the world all the time and, you know, just jumping from one job to another, you know, one coffee shop to another, not really dedicating 
uh, to something that compounds, I think that was the the biggest takeaway for me. So so when I when I met this girl and and I started reading this this book, uh, probably the biggest takeaway that resonated with me is that I don't want to be a fifty year old dad and then die without seeing my kids graduating from school or college. So I think that was the biggest biggest uh, message that resonated with me at that time, and of course. At this time, I'm not thinking about, you know, like creating family and, 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 and having children. But at the same time, I'm aware uh, that my time is ticking. And uh, this year I'm turning 27. So I'm pretty much done with my 20s and I need to establish something. So it's, it's enough of, you know, jumping from one place to another. And it's, it's, it's finally time to, to have the foundation for what's to come. It's, it's the next stage. So, so why this book resonated with me? Because she's a... Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but she works with these people, consulting them and 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 uh, and helping them, you know, find their way in their life. And all these people, they just all of them, they have these uh, uh, what's the word where you where you feel bad about your past decisions? What's the word? Uh, 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 remorse, like kind of like you, you yeah, 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 right, right. So all of the people they were regretting that they they didn't know. Uh, what they were doing in their 20s they were just you know hooking up with uh, with the random people just jumping from one place to another and uh, and yeah. people who were actually silently you know grinding at their job uh, not necessarily corporate job but like dedicating to something that compounds meaning that okay if you did uh, design in the past and right now i'm doing marketing content marketing in particular it still kind of connects and my design background brings brings me clients from the design world my design background brings me uh, allows me to to have better presentations, to to pitch my products in a in a in a way that people cannot resist, and so on. So so in a way, it's compounding, you know. And uh, all this uh, yeah. all these skills are uh, uh, contemplating, contemplating, complementing each other, complementing. So so I yeah, think the book yeah. was really eye opening for me. And and for now, I'm I'm looking to probably long term to settle down in Spain because it's just a uh, uh, nice okay. weather, uh, good economy, good health. And uh, when I was alone, I was thinking, yeah, I'm just going to keep traveling from uh, from Bali to Lithuania. But right now I'm thinking like, yeah, if I want to settle down, I want to, to have a good environment for my family. I want to, to, to have a good uh, good connect- connectivity, with, whether, it's, uh, whether it's with my family or my girlfriend's family or, or in general, you know, like Spain is, is one of these, you know, like hubs that you can easily reach uh, Asia or Europe or, or Americas or or Africa yeah. so 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 that's 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 why I'm thinking in long term but uh, as you know things change I might I might I might be telling a different story in the, in a year yeah man no, I, I really I really really appreciate how much how deeply you're thinking about everything um it, it's like uh, you're 27 years old that's like you're a kid I mean <laughs> like you know <laughs> you're, you have your whole life in front of you um right and the way you're thinking and your background already establishing a brand for yourself, um, I think you have the whole entire world open for, the, the, the whole the possibilities in the world are open uh, to you, especially be, like your most important asset is your mind, I think. And that's the way you think. And the fact that you are a thinker, you're, you're a person who like, you know, you think and then you take action, then that makes you, uh, like that. that's enormous power right there. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, you know, in twenties, in our twenties, uh, a lot of people just like search for having fun, you know, you're, you're not 
too young. Like, I mean, you're old enough to do whatever you want in your life, but you're not mm. too old to now have responsibilities. So people just like, um, people abuse that. And, um, and yeah, I exactly know what you're, what you're saying. And yeah, just want go, going back to what you said about it, you know, like the fact that you're like, you know, most people are not closed in on their lives and, and are like not really taking the route they want. So I have a theory about that. Ready to hear? Go for it. Go for it. I love right. theories. All right. All right. So it's called the boat theory and it's something I came up with only in the private in the, in the recent year. So the boat theory is this, we are all inside an inflatable boat inside uh like in, in the ocean th as humans like that's us each one of us has a boat and it's like a small inflatable boat and we're right now with the current we're born into the current with our families that are also in some current like most of our families are in the current as well and we're surrounded by everybody with us in this current just like you know um and our nature is to conquer islands that's our nature. We want to be productive. We want to conquer. We want to like, that's our nature. Every one of us wants the self-development. Every one of us wants to reach our full potential. We know that we want this and, and that's our nature, but we're in the current and the current, um, you know, we, with the current, like, and everything, like the sea takes us to wherever uh, it takes us. We see islands along the way and some of us just like hop off. And that's what we're treated like, you know, we're raising, being raised in some specific environment with our families and our, our close environment. That's where usually most of us end up. 99% of the world probably ends up where they're close environment. Like if you have like, I don't know, if your family has a family business, you probably end up in the family business. That's like how life works a lot of time. Um, if you're uh, going to specific schools, if you're raised in a specific environment, probably stay close to where you are. Like most of us are like that. And most of us are also educated to do that by our families who don't want us to get hurt or be in risk, be at risk by our schools that teach us not to think and just get into the closest workforce we can to hang on to dear life and to, to go to study. Like oh, most of us are in the same route of this current within this current by our side, by our boats is the big floating kind of like a floating bowl with a big ass sign on it, comfort zone. And it's just, we're feeling very uh, um, like comfortable by with this floating little thing on our side and we're just going with the current and our family says hey if you see an island that you'd like you can stop for a while um, and that's good and it might be a great island for you but deep down inside we know we need to just um, you know pick up the pedal we know we need to pick it up and 99% of the population just doesn't pick up the pedal and once you pick up the pedal, and that's what we should do, we should say, okay, we want to reach an island. What island do we want to reach? And most of us don't even think about that. We're like, okay, that island. And we know the, this, you know, the vague direction of that island. You know, it's like, you know, Northwest or whatever, right? Like, okay, we need to pick up the pedal and start rowing like crazy because we have one life and we need to do that right now. We need to pick up the pedal and row towards that island. And that's what most of us need to do. And that's what all of us need to do. But most of us just don't. We don't even pick up the pedal. Um, but those of us that do start rowing. And, you know, that's the entrepreneurial struggle in a way. We know we get an island we want to reach. And we're explorers. We're, we want to conquer that island. Those of us that pick up the pedal and row, we get to that island. And those are the most successful people in life. And along the way, 
we might get to the island and see that this island is not for us. That's cool. That's okay. And we might have a couple islands along the way. And if we have a spouse, a wife, or, or like, you know, a, a partner, then they're in the boat with us. And we need to make sure that we're always in sync. Because if mm. I row in one direction and my partner rows in a different, what happens to the boat? You know, stay in one the same place. Stay in the same place or worse, even flip. Right. And that's why oh, yeah. a lot of marriages fall apart. So basically we need to always be in sync and kind of like say, okay, what's your island? What, here's my island. That's where I want to reach. Where do you want to reach? And then you make a plan in how to reach everyone, um, like all your islands. And um, sometimes along the way there are storms then you need to know to put down the pedal and wait for the storm to pass and then keep rowing. Um, but you need to get away from the comfort zone <laughs> as, as far as you can. And you will have to get away from your family and close environment. Because only you have your path in life and you know what islands you want to conquer. So that's my boat theory. I think that. Um... Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, it reminds me of the, of the quotes. I, I, I cannot credit it to, to anyone right now, but uh, there are many similar ones where they say that the good is, uh, is the biggest enemy of the great. So, so, you know, like when you see oh, that's, that's a good enough island, uh, I just want to stay here, but you don't know what you're missing out. And, and sometimes, uh, you know, having some uh, some pain or, or suffering keeps you in the good zone because you're thinking like, oh, I'm, I don't want to lose what I have already. Uh, I don't want to sacrifice what I have already in for for something better. So so that's why I think people settle down because of the fear of losing what they have already. And I think for me, like just in the in the recent year, for me, uh, death has become such a huge motivator because. Uh, because before I would just think about it and I'm like, yeah, that's something stupid. And I think only people who are who are really scared of death or who are really, I don't know, negative people, they, they're talking about it. But I think every day reminding myself, uh, just for myself, I don't talk about it to everyone. I think people will think I'm crazy. But but it just, just reminding myself that uh, even tomorrow, you know, like I, I, I accepted this interview with you to, to do this show and I absolutely enjoy it. But I, I couldn't promise that uh, that I'll be alive at this time. You know, I couldn't promise. I it's it's so uncertain. Of course, I know from the past uh, that you know I'm just gonna get up. I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna have my coffee. I'm gonna I'm gonna kiss with my girlfriend. I'm gonna have water. Prepare everything, and I'm gonna talk to you. But nothing is promised. So for me, just reminding myself every single day that uh, today is you know is a blessing, and tomorrow is not promised. I might not be around. So I, I, would, I would better, you know, do something that, that is uh, uh, interesting, that is important to me, that's, that's, that's something that I want to do. And, and that changed just like in the past year for me. So, so I think it's, it's a huge motivator. And as you say, you know, we have all these comfort zones all the time, but, uh, but just thinking about like, you might just end your journey tomorrow, you know, like a bus will, will hit you or whatever, and then your life is over. So, so do you still want to keep, uh, in this, you know, like in this, I don't know, in this island with uh, with negative people, with people who are uh, bringing you down all the time, who are negative, who are uh, criticizing you or who are hurting you or whatever, or you want to go get out of your current zone and then explore and find something better. So, yeah, it's a, it's a powerful, uh, it's yeah. a powerful theory. Awesome. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, thanks. And, and uh, by the way, have you read the uh, Tibetan book of of um, life and death or something like that i think so. not yet it's 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 on my list but not yet many people refer it to me 
Yeah, no, because what you're saying right now is really connecting to the theory of the of the Buddhist nature. It's like, you know, you live once, you better make the most out of this life. And um, yeah, and death, death, death is like, a lot of people see death as a, as a threat. It's kind of like this thing that you should be right. afraid of. But yeah, but what you, what you were saying is like, you're seeing it as a motivator. That's exactly the way that people should uh, view death. It's like, you know, death is, is a thing, you know? Uh, it's a fact, and, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like the Buddhists, they look at a dead cat in the street or something and they say, huh, well, it's a dead cat. And I'm, you know, this is me today living, but tomorrow I'll be like exactly like this dead cat right here. Um, it's just life. It's normal. So while I'm here, I better must make the best out of it. And, and, um, and yeah, people like really like this is a huge motivation to just get out and reach your full potential because you have a full right. potential. Um, and if you need any clues about your full potential, by the way, just look back to when you're like eight years old or so, or like between six to 10, I guess. It was, it was where all the dreams happen. You were like not like in the school system deep enough to be brought down. You were still free to think exactly what you wanted to be. You're like, I was meant for something. And um, that's at least for me, it's like, you know, connecting to that inner child and trying to now live up that inner child. It's just like, I can't believe it just hit my it hit me in my thirties, you know. Like I'm I'm 35 right. years old. Like I'm I'm not like I'm already like and just now I'm starting to work really really hard in the past year to really reach my full potential. Like maybe in like the past I don't know like two two something years since I left my day job. Um, and anyways, yeah. So thank you for this motivation. Yeah. So first of all, um, Justice, you're asking like, would it be nice to find all the books you talked about in a in a video later. Um, I did get them all. So of course, we will link. I will link personally to those books here in the comments. Uh, if you're listening to this in a podcast version, by the way, we got accepted to iTunes. So this is also a podcast on iTunes, everybody. Yes, I know the mindful and ruthless podcast. Um, so I will link everything here in the comments, also in the podcast show notes. Everywhere you see this, uh, you'll, you'll see the, um, the links um, of everything that we mentioned. So that's what I do every episode. Um, Thomas, you have a question like, what has been your biggest challenge being a digital nomad? I think the same is, uh, is with absolutely everything in your life where, where you go through different phases. So at the very beginning, I, I had to define what, what, it, what, is, what is that I want? Because as a, as a kind of MVP I did with my friend was uh, one month, uh, absolutely nonstop every single day traveling from one place to another. We did a Euro trip. So we, we I don't know, we visited probably 13 countries. And... And that gave us an idea of what traveling is, what active traveling is. And we felt like, holy shit, like who can do that for, 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 for a longer period of time than 30 days? Like it's insane. So that, that gave us a, a good validation of what we want and we don't want what, and what we don't want. So, so first of all, I understood that I don't want to carry stuff that does not serve me. And I think you don't really notice how many things you have in your life that doesn't that don't serve you you're serving them so so my mom is opposite of me she she has like really i don't know like 15 15 uh, times more stuff than i have and when she has to clean it up she's paying her dues for the stuff so she's spending her time cleaning up she's living uh just uh, just alone with my with my brother and and she has like a little flower garden and you have to maintain it, right? She has right. a full-time job. She has two dogs, one cat. 
And when I go back, I tell her, mom, uh, let's go, let's go to a restaurant or like, I, I really like Indian food. Have you tried it? I want to invite you to a restaurant. Let's, let's go and enjoy an afternoon uh, in the, in the city and, and, uh, and talk about life, whatever. She's like, Oh no, I, I have, I have, I have to take care of my, of my garden. It's like, I don't know, three weeks due. And it's like all horrible and I cannot do shit. I'm like, what like do you even do you even like do you even understand what you're saying? You're saying that you're prioritizing something that is not actually like directly serving you or your health or your relationships, your life, whatever. You're serving some kind of things and giving up your freedom to to enjoy life just to just to you know like impress someone, I don't know, like someone your neighbors or or the society or whatever. And then I started asking her, like, okay, when was the last time you used the this ball or this pan or whatever and she has like i think she's 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 prepared for the third world war because she has probably 30 kilograms of rice <laughs> 40 kilograms of sugar and like chocolates and stuff and like why do you have all of this stuff and she doesn't like you know it was a on a discount it was promotion I'm like but you don't need that like why why do you buy that just in case so so she has all of that stuff and it's fine of to, to have a lot of stuff it's fine to plan in, in the future but it's not fine when all of that becomes uh when, when all of that becomes like out of control and you start serving these things and spending your time so right now for example why why do i like to travel and why do i like to stay in 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 places like thailand like bali or colombia or mexico where I can afford Airbnbs or hotels is because I prefer to spend time with my girlfriend or I prefer time to, 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 to read a book or work in my business or just lay on the beach and relax instead of uh, making my bed or cleaning out my room or washing my dishes or preparing food. <laughs> because every single time I choose uh, to, to use my time and my energy on I'm stealing away the time that I could spend talking with my family, that I could spend talking with you here, that I could spend talking or helping people who actually need my my resources, my knowledge, my experience. So that made me realize, you know, that, okay, the time is very limited and energy is, is even more limited, you know, like, okay, we have 24 hours every single day, but not every single person has energy levels as you have. You have energy levels to, to, to have this podcast today, to have this interview, to, to do some more productive work, to, to take care of your family. But some other people, they, they just naturally don't have that capacity. And of course you can, you can expand that energy capacity, uh, you know, by exercising, eating healthy and expanding your mind and, and, and exposing yourself to different challenges. But most of the people, they have different uh, different uh, levels of energy. So, so when it comes to the things, I think the initial phase of digital nomad uh, lifestyle for me, it was like, I don't, okay, I don't need stuff. I, I don't need that much of stuff because I have so much stuff that doesn't serve me. I just feel anxious mm -hmm. and tired carrying it all the time with me. And right now I'm just going to choose something that I, I truly want to use. And it's, it's truly something useful to me and it's serving my lifestyle and, and, and whatnot. So, so that's the first realization. And in this, like, you know, like the first year when I started traveling and I, I repacked my backpack many, many times. And then I discovered, okay, I don't need this. I, I can buy shampoos and, and what is called the razors blades in, in different countries. The, the world is so connected yeah. that you can get pretty much anything in every in, in any place in the world. So I don't need to have a towel. I don't need to have shampoo, no, uh, no like hygiene things, you know, like even shoes. Like if I'm, if I'm staying for six months in a cold, uh, cold country, 
I can I can buy shoes in that place instead of carrying it all the time. And of course, uh, it comes down later on. Of course, at the beginning, you don't think about consumerism. You don't think about like footprint. You don't think about waste. But uh, we in digital nomads, we provide about a lot of waste, especially the carbon print of the of the of using the airlines and, and traveling all the time. And and then later on, you start thinking, okay, maybe I should you know like slow down, and maybe I should uh, I should uh, waste less. Maybe I should donate to this to, to some person in need instead of you know like just throwing it in the in the trash bin. So so the first first year was about discovering that okay, I don't need that much of stuff to to be happy and to have a sustainable lifestyle. The second thing uh, probably came after these two or three years of traveling is that everyone needs to find their own tempo. So. Some people, yeah. by nature, they just get energized by by being exposed to new places all the time. Uh, I felt that way at the beginning. Right now, I feel like okay, I need more familiarity, familiarity, familiarity. Yeah, probably that's word. Like yeah. just yeah. to you know have uh, have things figured out. So right now, for example, I'm not really based in Bali, but it's the second month right now here, and the laundry yeah. that um, I'm doing my laundry. I don't need to do anything. I just go there, leave my stuff. I tell my name and I go back, pick it up. I pay and, and my laundry is done. It's all, it's all washed. It's all ironed. It's all, you know, pre, pre, uh, pre, uh, produced, provided, no, pre, prepared for, for me to use, to put in the, in the, in the closet or whatever. So all of these things, when you travel every single time you give up, you give up your, 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 your gym preference, you give up your, your morning routine, you give up your, your uh, transportation route or whatever. And of course, from time to time, you need to expose yourself to different, uh, to different, you know, like challenges and then take a different route, uh, eat at a different restaurant, uh, have a different coffee, whatever, but to optimize your output and to optimize, uh, optimize, you know, this kind of like work, work life balance. I think you have to have things figured out to serve you in the long term because right now every time i move to a new country i have to spend energy first of all and then time finding out where i'm going to going to work where i'm going to eat where i'm going to do my laundry where i'm going to get my visa extension and where i'm going to get a scooter or a taxi or whatever so i think uh, at the very beginning of course it's like a discovery phase nothing really matters but after some time you start to feel like okay i need something uh that serves me because i i'm getting uh I'm doing this to enjoy life fully, not to, you know, be slave to, I don't know, to waiting queues in the airport where, oh man, I spent so many, so much time in the airport uh, and, and flying. So, so you, you're, you're starting to think, okay, is this really worth it? So, so, so I think uh, these are the main takeaways from, from my lifestyle so far. I'm, I'm starting to understand, you know, your, like the digital nomad way of thinking and it's like really, uh, really nice. And um, it, it's really connected to also minimalism. I think that whenever you do settle down, you would think twice about the things that you have and in your, in your home and in general and how you're connected to materialism. And, and like you said, the, the example of your, like your mother with the garden. Well, I don't like, again, I don't know, like some people have their garden just because they want to impress their neighbors, which is the wrong way of why, or like the wrong why of right. having a garden. And some people are just like, this brings me, this is like Zen meditation to me to take care of my garden. So it's for me. And, 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 and so like, I mean, once you kind of always think about like, why am I doing this? Is this like, am I doing this just because, um, you know, I'm, 
I'm used to just buying more stuff and, you know, or am I, am I doing this just because of the right reason? Because it's um, for my personal development. It's for my, what I want to do uh, in life. And I think it's a, it's a great way of thinking about things um, material or not, you know, um, I, I'm right now, I'm right now in a, in, in a struggle um, in that because I have two kids and when you have kids and you have a home and that's like, you're living the materialist lifestyle. I mean, you're like, you should, you should see the, the toys, like the amount of toys, like, and, and they're getting presents from all the time from like the grandmother and, and fathers Perfect. and from their uncles and like, they're all the time just getting new things. Oh, here we were like, you know, in the US we bought them some clothes and here's like a full bag of clothes and some of them are not even good like they're like good for only like three years from now so you keep them in a the closet why would you would you throw them away no the, so right. the, the kind of like you're full of tough material stuff and um and i'm really trying to think about like okay what do we need what do we need and every time my wife is like uh i need to go to home center home center is like the place like home depot kind of thing like mm-hmm. to buy a new box to keep all the things that are, I don't know, like the kids drawing things. I'm like, wait, you know, we, we just, because, you know, we buy a house and you buy uh, stuff and then you need to buy storage to put the stuff in and then you buy more stuff and then you buy more storage for the storage and then it becomes a whole mess. So yeah, I'm, I'm like in a phase in my life where I'm trying to take, um, like, take everything under control, kind of like put everything under control. But um, right. yeah, I, I totally um, think it's, valid point and it's something that right now if you already have this mindset then you're already building a life for yourself that will be more based on experiences and less based on being um just like occupied by stuff so uh it's a great point and let's talk about digital uh, nomad lifestyle for a second like in terms of first of all i saw you were on like on this event which is like a digital nomad cruise how awesome is yeah. that <laughs> it's now, like generally, if, if you want to feel what, what the digital nomad lifestyle is, get on the cruise. It's, it's uh, the one I did. First one was like two weeks, I believe. And the second one was like 10 days. And I, I have a blog post on, on my blog, which I just in one in one in, in, in a summary, it's the ultimate digital mad, nomad experience and probably digital wow. madness experience. <laughs> It's insane. It's like you're living in a bubble. You experience absolutely every type of person you can possibly meet in the world. You have yogis, you have vegans, you have spiritual people, you have hardcore entrepreneurs, you have A types, you have B types, you have you have all kinds of people. The thing is you cannot escape anyone. You have to deal with, you know, like with, with these people. So naturally you start seeing tribes forming. You naturally you start seeing opposing topics, discussions. Uh, you have a lot of uh, a lot of learning. You have a lot of uh, a lot of parties, a lot of fun. You have a lot of uh, uh, a lot of entertainment. You have basketball. You have pool. You have drinks. You have unlimited food. You have uh, you have different uh, programs by the by the cruise crew as well. You know you have like you have theater. You have cinema. You have you have everything. Casino, and you're just living in this bubble, which which a nomad a nomad lifestyle is 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 a, is a bubble. Uh, people are just trying to 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 run away from something, you know, or or searching for something. And if you want the experience, if if you never had, uh, you know, like better uh, better shot at the digital nomad lifestyle, just go on the nomad cruise. I highly recommend it. It's 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 a really cool experience. I've been there twice, and I would suggest it more for again 
it comes from my perspective because every time I'm going somewhere, I'm looking more for for learning experiences. I'm looking for something tangible. So for me, the the Nomad, okay, so first of all, it's a conference. Nomad Cruise is a conference. <laughs> it's not just a, it's not just a bunch of people partying on the boat. It's a it's a it's a business conference with uh, with a lot of topics ranging from crypto cryptocurrencies to books to self education to lifestyle design. And at the very beginning, when you're not really familiar with these topics, for you, it's mind-blowing. You get to know what is self-publishing. You get to know what is affiliate marketing. You get to know what is blogging. You get to know what is real estate. Uh, you get to know uh, how to hack traveling and, and how to find cheap flights. So for the person who has never uh, heard about these things, it's mind-blowing. It's a lot of education. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of connecting. It's a lot of hands-on workshops, experiences, and stuff. But if you are in your journey and you already know what affiliate marketing is, what blogging is, what what digital nomad lifestyle is, for you, it's more about making these personal connections. So I, I, I wouldn't go to all the workshops or all the speeches, you know, presentations, because all the topics are more or less, you know, like the ones that I already know about. And for me, it's more about really just sitting down one-on-one in a restaurant, in a bar, by the pool, uh, just, you know, casually talking about stuff and most of the time you you get to know you get to know person and you get to learn something just talking about something uh completely irrelevant to your professional field so most of the people uh that i call friends and uh and really close friends with uh, with them uh, i have a podcast with one of them i have a mastermind group with uh, with uh, three of them so i don't really know what they're doing for a living but i know they're their uh, their passion for life. I know that that honesty that they're bringing to every conversation, or their clients, or their businesses, or you know, they have something that uh, that I lack or I want to improve on. So, so for me, it was more about like making connections. So, uh, so I would not recommend it to people who are just like me seeking for education and a lot of takeaways. But if you're looking to connect with uh, with uh, cool people to learn some stuff and just have some fun uh, hopping from one island to another, crossing the Atlantic or Mediterranean Sea, uh, please jump on. It might change your life. <laughs> I don't promise it, but it might. <laughs> By the way, I'm not affiliated yeah. with no Cruz. I, I didn't receive any any sponsorship. <laughs> 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 yeah yeah no no for sure like i mean it's 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 it seems like an amazing experience and um one of the things is like if anybody here watching this or listening is like in in the kind of mode of like you want to become a digital nomad then i guess going to that cruise and starting to talk to the people that are living this lifestyle might be a great start to get into the world and like you said learn about the different things you can do as a digital nomad and learn about travel hacks and all these things um, that are very important do you have any any resources for anybody who who might want to get into this world and start like uh, traveling maybe resources or even tips right. on traveling so. sure so uh so one of the guys uh he's uh, probably one of the most notable youtuber on digital nomad lifestyle and the, the whole movement is chris the freelancer i met him on uh, well i met him in chiang my first but then we reunited and this is where we really connected uh uh on the cruise uh he's blogging for blogging and blogging about digital nomad lifestyle for almost two years i think and uh, he's covered a lot of a lot of different topics that all the digital nomads might be interested in and he has different courses he has he has guidebooks uh, has email email course so uh go ahead and check chris the freelancer or chris dodd and uh yeah chris the freelancer chris, uh, fellow aussie yeah 
Christoph Freelancer. Okay, cool. I'll check it out. And again, like everybody, I will link to this in the show notes and in the comments. And don't worry, like at the end of the show, just like about half an hour after the show, I always link to everything that we were talking about. So, all right, Christoph Freelancer. Okay. Um, anything else? Any other like resources or, or like, I know there's like a website where you can uh, check out like cities and, and stuff like that, right? Where you have what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Right. So for my different kind of uh, when I when I do my research for actually, it's it's funny because just before this interview, I had another interview about digital nomad lifestyle. And I said that uh, for every person, uh, the destination is different. So for you, for example, you need to have different data points that are very important to you. So for me, for example, good coffee with good Internet in a coffee shop is very important. Having a gym uh, in, in, in where I live is very important. Having good uh, Wi-Fi connection is very important. Having, uh, having at least 25 degrees Celsius is very important for me. So I have these <laughs> different, different data points. And then when I have these data points, I go ahead and I, I research nomadlist.com, nombeo.com, and then I believe it's teleport, teleport.com. And they have a, a huge, huge... Uh, yeah, nomadlist.com, uh, nombeo, n-u-m-b-e-o.com, and then teleport. I think it's teleport.com or org. So these these organizations they provide different uh, information on on safety, on internet connection, on costs. In nombeo, for example, you can find how much it costs to buy one liter of milk in Tel Aviv and how much it costs in Bali or San Francisco. And you can, cool. you can check different, different, different metrics and see what is important to you. Because uh, for me, Bali is fine. For me, Thailand is fine. For me, Colombia is fine. For me, Spain is fine. But for other people who are seeking for, I don't know, skiing in the mountains, it, it might not work. <laughs> or people who are, who are into, I don't know, salsa, Asia is, is definitely not, not, the, not the destination to go. So, so you need to really just, yeah. uh, first of all, know what you like. And many people like to rom- romanticize. I think that's where romanticize yeah. or idealize yeah. the digital nomad lifestyle because they think, oh, right now I'm just living this corporate boring life. And when I start traveling, I'm going to start surfing. I'm going to start learning Spanish. I'm going to dance salsa. I'm going to do volunteer work and stuff. And yeah, you can do all of that, but probably you need seven lives. So when you start traveling, you need to, you need to first of all, probably write down things that you're already doing on a daily basis or weekly basis or monthly basis. If you like saunas, uh, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an important thing to you. I don't know. You get, uh, with your friends, you talk in sauna, I don't know, you play basketball, whatever, get beers after or play football, write down all these things. And then when you're doing your research, check, you know, different communities. Does it, does it even exist in Bali or Thailand, you know? So, so yeah. when you do your research based research on your past experiences and your past behavior, it's much easier to, uh, to what's the word to manage expectations and manage uh, life quality yeah. in these destinations that you're going to. So these are some of the, uh, some of the resources that I would recommend. And uh, yeah, all of these resources, they have communities. Nomad list is one of the biggest ones. They have Slack group, they have forums, they have a lot of uh, answers, uh, questions answered in, in their forums. So, so I would, I would recommend you to check, check it out there. 
All right, just wanted to take a short break here. Um, if you listen to this episode all the way here, it means you probably find value in it, right? So, well, I wanted to just let you know that this is a weekly show and it's published first on the Mindful and Ruthless Facebook group as it's recorded live. Yes, this is a Facebook live interview and it basically allows you to interact with the speakers and myself and ask questions as we're recording the podcast and we are trying to answer all of those questions so if you haven't already be sure to search and join the mindful and ruthless group on facebook i promise you you'll find amazing value in joining this community as long as basically joining a community with a lot of other amazing entrepreneurs so all right back to the episode cool that's awesome and um and how do you, like, every time you want to book a flight, what's your process to book flights? Oh, yeah, that's, that's a beautiful process. I'm still learning. <laughs> Actually, I just recently discovered new tools, and I think I'm, I'm going to be able to cut, cut costs down. But I would go through at least probably four or five different websites. I would go, so for example, when I fly from Lithuania to Asia, I never fly directly. I never go to agencies. I never, at first I identify what is the biggest hub in Europe that flies to Asia. Because if you have biggest hub, you have a lot of different airlines competing for, for passengers. So when you have uh, airlines competing for passengers, you have uh, lower prices. So in Europe, Lithuania is definitely not a hub for international flights or intercontinental flights. So first of all, I need to identify which uh, country has a hub that flies a lot to, to Asia, for example. And in, uh, in Europe, uh, that's Scandinavia for, for some reason. They have Norwegian Airlines, which uh-huh. is one of the cheapest airlines in Europe, I think. And they have this intercontinental flight to Asia. So any Scandinavian place like Copenhagen, Oslo, or Stockholm, Helsinki sometimes, they have direct flights to Bangkok. Bangkok is another hub in Asia. So sometimes you can get mm-hmm. from Europe to Asia for as little as like 100 bucks. And it's, it's mind-blowing. And if you're checking wow. from directly from Lithuania, let's say Vilnius, to your end destination, let's say Bali, uh, mm-hmm. the agencies or the airlines, they're going to connect you to through different routes. And it might not be the, the most optimal, the most uh, cheapest way to get to your destination. So first of all, I would identify uh, the biggest flight that I need to take. So uh, let's say Oslo to Vilnius, to, sorry, to Bangkok. And that's 12 hours, if I remember correctly. And depending on the on the season, might be 100 bucks, might be 200 bucks, uh, no more than 300 bucks, I think. Of course, if you're booking really? last minute or... Really yeah, it's nothing, it's nothing. So, so sometimes you also need to check connecting flights. Sometimes flying Japan to Milan and stopping in Dubai is cheaper than flying from Tokyo to Milan or flying from Tokyo to to Bangkok and then to Milan. Sometimes you need to skip the the final leg. So if you're flying, it doesn't make sense, but this is the the way airlines work. So sometimes, for example, if you're flying to to London to New York, for example, direct flight, let's say it's 300 bucks. But if you're flying from London to San Francisco, for example, Okay, San Francisco is far. To Boston, for example, <laughs> London, Boston, it might be, okay, 250, but you have a connection in New York, so you just leave it in New York. 
you know so there are tools that identify these uh hidden cities or i don't know how it's uh, how it's correctly called but it yeah. identifies the cities that uh that is cheaper to fly with a connection to other desti destination and leaving at your original destination instead of uh, flying directly or flying through other destination uh, through other connection so i would go first of all and check google flights google flights gives you uh, a map of different destinations you choose tel aviv as your uh as your departure and then you can just choose show me the map on a different specific date and it shows okay istanbul this price dubai is this price new york is this price and then from this uh world map you identify where is the cheapest and closest hub for you so tel aviv i don't know maybe dubai maybe dubai is the cheapest and closest hub and then from dubai you can fly I to asia fly for to 200 dubai, bucks for example yeah. Okay, <laughs> but uh, if you fly to uh, Istanbul, I don't know, Istanbul yeah. or no, like I, I mean uh, maybe Turkey is also, but I, I yeah, like okay, but you get the point. So you identify from that world map because in the world map you can see different cities with different uh, different uh, pricing. And then once you identify that, then you're looking, okay, from Dubai or from Istanbul or from London, where I'm going next, and you you identify the other hub. So it's it's usually cheaper to fly to other yeah. hub, hub. So in Asia, it's like maybe Hong Kong, maybe Japan, uh, Tokyo, uh, Bangkok, or Singapore. And then from there, you can make your way to Bali, to Philippines, or to smaller islands or whatever. So that's my, my strategy. And of course, for all of these flights, I would go through three or four uh, flight aggregators like Mamondo, Skyscanner, uh, Kayak, JetRadar, and Kiwi.com as well. So on all of these different sites, they have different pricing. And sometimes the difference is like 100 bucks. And uh, sometimes, you know, oh, it's, not, uh, it's not just, you know, a couple of dollars. Sometimes it's 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 insane difference. So I would, uh, I would recommend to wow. check all these search aggregators and... Uh, and yeah, that's that's how I book my flights. So my recommendation to check uh, check your flights sixty to forty days in advance to, to get the best deal because after that the uh, the prices start fluctuating and then uh, companies start uh, playing with the pricing and so on. Other thing, use incognito mode because uh, they they use cookies to to track uh, your interest and then they they just raise pricing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. And maybe if you are able to. If you're able, I'm still not not using this one because Europe doesn't really have uh, good loyalty cards or loyalty memberships like US does. But if you are able to use your friends or someone's uh, card that has uh, miles that you can collect miles, I highly recommend using these. And uh, and yeah, ah, one more thing, uh, not affiliated with Kiwi or whatever, but they just introduced uh, a nomad function. And it's insane, like it's insane, I'm telling you. So you go there, I think you can choose up to 12 cities. So you can do uh, your own world trip uh, on your own terms, mm -hmm. your own destinations. You choose how long you wanna stay in these destinations. If you wanna go back to the same uh, destination that you left from. And uh, so I did just, you know, like just for fun. I started in Copenhagen. I did uh, like, I don't know, like Rome, Istanbul, India, uh, Bangkok, China, Japan, Hawaii, huh. San Francisco. I don't know how many is yet. Like Bahamas, uh, 
Iceland, London, and back to Copenhagen. So like 12 spots or something, and then you can choose how, how many days, uh, yeah, how many days, like uh, uh, more or less, more or less, three or five days or six days. And then you put all of this data into this search engine and it's still in beta, but uh, it, it's, it's working pretty well. And then this nomads function calculates different flights for you. And for this like itinerary that I just told you, uh, it was like $2,000, 500 bucks per, per person. It's it's an insane value, and you and you get to fly from from uh, uh, not just you know like the cheapest airlines. You get to fly to with Emirates. You get to fly with uh, Delta. You get to fly with American Airlines. You get to fly with Singapore Airlines. You get to fly with with good airlines that you know providing you food, giving you free luggage, and yeah. uh, giving you a good service. So I think uh, that's that's also a, a nice one for you that just to. Uh, just to have some fun with uh, with different <laughs> different uh, routes and see how how much you can actually uh, save by by traveling you know around the world instead of having a vacation you know in I don't know in some expensive place. <laughs> wow, this is amazing! So, um, and you said it was on Kiwi, this feature. Yeah, Kiwi, Kiwi.com, and then you can choose uh, Nomad. It's going to be all in capitals. Wow, <laughs> this is awesome! Um, and um, no matter. All right, got it. Cool. Uh, by the way, like now, so we talked about booking flights. Now you're get, getting like into the flight themselves. What are your routines in flights? Like you probably have your own kind of like routines or your kind of like stuff that you really take care of in the flight itself, right? I'll just put it there and leave it there. I hate flying. <laughs> I have no idea why why people like airports or like people who who like digital nomads, especially when they post you know their posts on Instagram stories or I don't know their Instagram feed and telling oh I had I just had this productive session waiting for my flight you know in the, the airport lounge whatever that's bullshit everyone hates flying and everyone hates these queues and just waiting for this nonstop like I don't know it's just so stressful I cannot do anything. All the time I plan, like, I'm just going to, you know, like I have this 14, 14 flight, uh, 14 hour flight and I'm going to read, I'm going to catch up on emails offline. I'm going to, I'm going to drop blog posts. I'm going to, I'm going to watch series or listen to podcasts. Okay. 15 minutes in flight. I'm like, I just want to get out. Please just, just, just please let me out of this plane. I don't want to be here. And then I would read for maybe 30 minutes more and then I would try to sleep. I never sleep well on, on, on flights. And then it's just like waiting for it to end. At least for me, it's just constant suffering. I don't know how people survive these things, how they enjoy these things. I might be able to enjoy it one day when I <laughs> when I fly business or first class, but but for now, economy is horrible. It's just wasting my time, and I just feel like, why am I doing this? This is horrible. So so I don't really have a routine, and I'm sorry if you <laughs> if you're looking for some nuggets, golden nuggets here. Uh, I'm not the right person to ask. Uh, <laughs> you're just, what your, your your tip is like wait for it to end. <laughs> yeah my yeah just just think about the end you know like what's the uh Stephen Covey just begin in, in a we begin with end in your mind so just think about like how fun it's going to be to when you land in your destination uh other than that probably it's a good idea not to drink too much or not to have too much spicy food before the flight because it might make make you upset your belly upset and uh, you might uh get a little dizzy if you drink before and uh yeah don't 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 be too tired for it be, uh, as well because sometimes if you're over exercise if you're exploring places too much you might be too tired to actually relax and and, and get some sleep on flight so yeah. so that's probably my main tips yeah 
Nice. Nice, man. Um, all right. So, um, yeah, we were just about to wrap, wrap this um, episode. By the way, like right now, so you, your blog is, is constantly still active, right? You're, um, you're, you're still blogging regularly. Um, where, are you, where are you most um, uh, active right now? Okay. So this year, <laughs> this year was really weird. At the very beginning of the year, I felt like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done with traveling. I'm, I'm not going to travel. So I want to feel like what it, what, it is, what, what it feels like to just travel. So for four months, I, I gave up all my clients. I, I worked a bit on my blog, but I, I gave up all consulting. I gave up all the kind of like, you know, the official job that makes me money and lift up my savings. And then I met this girl and I'm like, holy shit, I need to, I need to work again. I need to actually somehow make money. So, so right now, uh, my main priority uh, Okay, the other thing uh, I think it's worth mentioning is I got so sick of social media, sick meaning that I felt like I became a slave for it. So I had to acknowledge like, uh-huh. I'm just addicted to it. I, I, I cannot just have uh, my phone with Instagram on, on, on the table because I'm just gonna go and mindlessly check it. It's not that I need to, it's just, it's just because I can. So I decided to do a 30 day uh, social media detox and I never felt uh, happier. I never felt, uh, uh, more content and I never felt that time and the day can be so long without social media I felt that my days every single day every single day was I was becoming longer and longer and sometimes I would wonder like what is it it's still 6 p.m I already like I'm kind of bored I just want you know to, to go and relax there's so much I've done today and uh, it, there's not much I, I want to do today Where, where's the next day so with social media I I felt like you know, like this show is about mindfulness. So, so I felt you become more mindful and you become more present because I was not going to the park because I, I needed a photo for my Instagram. I was, I was not going to, to a restaurant because I wanted to, to make another shot for Instagram or another Instagram story. So, you know, without social media, I felt like I can appreciate, uh, appreciate things more. And, and I think everyone needs to go through this, uh, social media addiction thing because you know it kind of serves you in a way giving you validation you know you get comments you get likes you get whatever but after some time it just becomes so repetitive and you start seeing people as numbers which is horrible you know like right now i i go to my analytics and i see oh my my blog is receiving 10 percent more more visitors every month and it's amazing but for me it's just numbers so so it's very easy uh you know when you have this addiction to technology to, to start seeing people as numbers, to start seeing people as statistics. And of course, in business, you need to, you know, you need numbers to grow and you need, uh, you need uh, statistics to serve you. But, but I feel that the way I want to live my life is more about really just having these, you know, meaningful connections with people and, and really dedicating myself to people that, that really matter to me. And I felt like, okay, social media is not really serving me anymore. So, so what I did, uh, what I did, I, I kind of re, re, uh, revisited everything that I want to achieve in the next, you know, five years or whatever. And I felt like, okay, I want to actually do things on my blog, which is writing or, or creating podcasts or videos if I, if I feel like. But I don't want to have any financial responsibility attached to my creation, to my work, because I feel like every time I need to do something for, for work, like writing or production, content production, it just feels like job. And yeah. I want to have freedom where I can express something if I, you know, 
I have freedom to have my little garden like my mom has and to just have one flower and have no visitors, just me, just because I want to. If I want to talk about a certain topic and it only has 50 searches on Google, I don't mind. I just want to write it, put it out there. And if someone finds it useful, it's fine. If no, no one finds it useful, it's fine as well. So yeah. in order to have that freedom, I need to build a, a some kind of a financial income machine that is detached from the things that I actually want to do. At the very beginning, for me, it didn't really make sense. I felt like, yeah, you just, you know, you follow your passion, you monetize it, and it's as easy as that, and you live happily ever after. It doesn't really work that well. So I feel like, okay, right now I want to focus on retiring in the next five years. So doing everything uh, I can in business to take myself outside uh, outside of the machine that I'm going to build. And then when, I, when I'm outside of the machine, I can finally focus on, on building stuff that truly matters to me and, and, and really dedicating myself to it. So, so that's one of the things that, uh, that you know, made me think a lot recently. And uh, my newsletter is where I'm the most active right now. So if you go to my blog, tomslow.com slash newsletter, yeah. this is where you get uh, weekly updates on digital nomad lifestyle. Well, not that much. I, I don't really label myself as digital nomad. I, I like lifestyle design and uh, yeah. it's just a phase in my life where I'm designing my lifestyle to be more active, more more travel-based right now. But I'm interested in lifestyle design and, and living by intention, you know, like living uh, by by design. Because if, you, if, you, if you're building a house and you don't have a, a plan, uh, action plan design, you might end up with, uh, with building, uh, I don't know, a ship or uh, a truck. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Things yeah. happen. You might you might succeed accidentally, but you might not. So so this is where I share all the stuff that I find useful in my travels, in my businesses, in my lifestyle, relationships, whatever. And uh, yeah, this is where you're gonna find absolutely everything I, I share. Other cool. other place is my blog, and uh, I'm not that active on Facebook anymore. Instagram, I'm still kind of active because I'm I'm still traveling and having some posts to share. But uh, honestly, I just. Uh, I just want to focus on writing and I might be silent for, for some time, but uh, my blog is where, where you're going to find. Awesome. Great. So I'll link to all of those, by the way, are you like, uh, you have a lot, uh, a lot of followers on Twitter, right? Who, are you who, dark and shady techniques, strategies. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, okay. One of the things, uh, the biggest mistake that I did at the very beginning when I started using Twitter it was that uh, it was called Web Design Fan, uh, and it was my blog. So when I sold my blog, I, I sold as well the Twitter handle. And at the very beginning, I think my, my Twitter is like eight or nine years old. At the very beginning, when you had content and you were a publisher or a creator, on Twitter, it was much, much easier to gain followers. I don't know why, but it just worked like magic. You know, like organically, I would just get, you know, like a thousand followers every, every month. And then, of course, at some point, you, you start growing and then you start using shady techniques, which is follow and follow. Hello, popular world. So yeah. you just start following 50,000 people. Your, your feed becomes completely useless and uh, just a feed of garbage. And then later on, you just unfollow all of them and you repeat until you reach a certain number of followers that you want. The thing is, it's only a number. It never serves you. It never generates engagement. It never gets you clicks. But uh, in order to actually be, I don't, I know it's it's horrible, but this is how our influencer world works or business world works. Yeah. In order to be acknowledged by you know 
roundup writers, top 50 bloggers to follow on Twitter, whatever. It's just very simple math. They're, they don't have capacity and time and resources to make a good research on people who are actually interesting. So they're just saying, right. okay, we're just going to, you know, list people who have more than 30,000 followers. Yeah. And this is how you appear in one blog post. This is how I appear in second blog post. Most of the content online is recycled. Most of the people don't create new content. They just recycle three blog posts and add something mm-hmm. of their own. If someone, ho- if, if someone listed me in one blog post and other person is recycling that blog post, most likely, most likely I'll be included. And then slowly starts the snowball effect. So yeah. that's how I got my, I don't know, 40,000 followers right now. Uh, verification <laughs> verification is, is not that easy. Verification is only given to kind of like public people. So if you want to have a verified profile, you need to have work published uh, in uh, in some media outlets or or have some kind of a public profile like a journalist or a celebrity like actor singer yeah. uh, politician someone and then the process is pretty simple you just submit links you add a reason like a description why you need to be verified one of the main reasons is that uh, there are people who are creating different accounts with my name or my my uh, image or whatever or sharing some stuff that is that is on me and that is spreading you know fake news whatever so that's one of the reasons why twitter would like to verify your profile just to prove yeah. that your yes. account is uh, is legit and you know if you're a yeah. journalist if you're uh, entrepreneur and a business founder whatever uh you have uh you have this uh claim to to your original profile and it gives more trust to, to people of uh, to people users of, of Twitter and your account, whatever. That's how you do it. Yeah, yeah. Just um, and are you active there? Are you like active on Twitter, or are you just not really? I one of the things uh, that I realized with my social media detox is that. You know, like everyone is 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 really concerned about the global warming right now, and I don't say that it's not important, but I think digital digital uh, information overload is as important as well because all of the information, all the shit information that we put on internet devalues the value. Well, devalues the value. Oh, my English is amazing. Devalues <laughs> the the good content, right? So mm-hmm. so people become. Uh, more skeptic about the content online they become uh yeah they make their attention span also you know like is jumping from one place to another all the time and it's it's harder for truly good content to to reach audiences organically because we have just a lot of shitty content commercial content you know in 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 front of us so i feel that every person is responsible as well of what we're putting on so twitter for example i never ever scroll i don't know to two years to see someone's feed what they tweeted two years ago because it's useless i don't i don't use that the same yeah. is with facebook i just want to see the recent news or i go to a photo album of someone and, and just see it so i decided i'm just going to delete all of my tweets because most of them are irrelevant five years or six years uh, later i tweeted them mm-hmm. and most of that information is not accessible anyway but it adds the the informational garbage online. So I feel that every person has, you know, this this kind of like information footprint online that we only only we have access to. And I think it's it's kind of as well our duty to to filter it or to eliminate it. And of course, not every person is going to do it. But you know, the people who are going to do it, uh, they are going to have benefits of more more clarity as well. And uh, 
yeah, many other benefits. I I cannot really list them right now, but but I just felt like you know I I'm still developing this this theory. <laughs> I might be able okay. to explain it later, but I feel like every person should uh, should really review their their digital content that they're creating, especially their blogs, because uh, every person is creating more and more content, and I think it's better to improve the content that is already uh, doing better, doing well, and uh, serving some people instead of just creating another mediocre piece of content and putting it out there with the hopes that uh, someone might, might find it useful. Yeah, of course. So yeah, like I'm that. not really active there, and the best way is probably my email because this is uh, where I try to to really just direct all of the communication, all of the business personal stuff, and this is my yeah. email list, and this is. All yeah. the notifications, important ones that I find useful, and yeah, that's that's, that's about it. Sounds good. All right, so I will I will connect to your email, uh, to your newsletter, uh, sign up page, and like really, this is this is a great newsletter, and that's how I started following you. By the way, I started reading your emails. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, I think like that's how I remember. Like I remember started reading your emails, and um, I really connected to how you write and the way that you're like also really opening your emails and kind of like sharing everything that you have going on. Even I remember you had like a monthly expense email where you shared your right. your uh, monthly income and expenses. You yeah. had this as well, like um, every once a month or yeah. something. So I, I find that uh, amazing. It's really, really um, like being transparent. I think is once you have, you want a personal brand, you're, if you're transparent and you'll have, you can build that personal brand. So yeah, makes sense. Um, um, all right, so I'll, I'll, we're probably over time. So I'm, thank you so much for your time. And um, and just to wrap up, so we have, I usually ask about like a couple of questions. You already answered a few, but let's see again. Any books, articles, YouTube videos, or channels that you did not mention and you want to mention for people watching? Sure, uh, it's on my blog, uh, tomslow.com slash reading list. So you can find all the books okay. that I recommend and I have all the book notes and the the one that I mentioned in this uh, in this episode here, uh, the defining the, the uh, decade, I just published uh, book notes of, of that book. So if you're not sure about you should read it or not, just check the, the book notes. I think a couple of people uh, found it really useful and then they send me screenshots of, of, of the books that they bought and they're reading right now. So, so check out the, the reading list. Uh, YouTube, I don't really consume that much of video content recently because I find that I just get distracted by all the related videos and then I just dive into YouTube exploration journey. <laughs> so I, I would yeah. not recommend uh, anything right now. Uh, maybe just uh, Chris the Freelancer if you, if you want to learn about digital nomad lifestyle. But yeah, generally, yeah. I, I believe in That's books great. and I believe in podcasts. So check out all the other episodes uh, by Sagi. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's about <laughs> it. Thanks, man. Yeah, and, and the reading list thing is like is also great that you have this. I want to create a reading list of my own like in, in my website now. So yeah, probably do that soon. Um, and it's, um, it's a lot of work, but it's worth it for, for especially for, for, for myself, like for later reference when I write blog posts. It's very easy for me to prove some points because I have a specific statement in my book notes. But it's also useful for other people to discover, yeah. you know, like if they like the book or not. Yeah, it's totally, it's totally worthwhile. Um, so thanks for doing this. And uh, all right, Thomas. So thank you so much, my man. I really, really appreciate uh, your time. And, and it was awesome talking to you. And like it, really getting into your, uh, like the, the fact that you just shared everything that you like think about the digital nomad lifestyle, the, the you know, um, your insights about life in general. Uh, I think you have so much wisdom, uh, you know, especially in contrast to your, 
a considerably young age. So you're definitely on the path to amazing things, uh, like, you know, also in the future. And so thank you so much, my man, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks so much for your kind words and thank you for having me. And that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I would love if you could help me out and please rate this on iTunes. This is a new podcast, so reviews on iTunes go a long way and also ensure that more people will just get to enjoy it. You only have to do this once and not every episode and it has a tremendous impact. Also, if you haven't yet, I would love to invite you to join the Mindful and Ruthless group on Facebook, where I host this show live and also share so much more with the members of the community. This will be a chance for me to get to know you better and I love connecting with my audience. Alright, so until next time, remember to be mindful and ruthless. Ruthless with your gut feeling. Ruthless with your journey. Don't let anybody take you off your path, my friend. Keep on and I'll see you on the next episode. Peace! So, so when you do your research, based research on your past experiences and your past behavior, it's much easier to, uh, to, to manage expectations and manage uh, life quality in the destination that you're going. So I feel that every person is responsible as well of what we are putting on. So 